Looking to get your kid back on the ice this year, but not sure that you can? The Flames Even Strength Program is back again to help Southern Alberta families ensure their kids can play hockey. Qualified low-income families can receive up to $700 to help cover the registration fees and will gain access to no-cost equipment from the Calgary Flames Sports Bank. Head to kidsport.ca slash Calgary to learn more. Kidsport Calgary couldn't do this podcast without their partnership and partners at Sport Calgary. Sport Calgary conducts research into sports issues in our city. Did you know the gross municipal amateur sport product in Calgary is over $1.2 billion per year? Visit sportcalgary.ca to learn more. Welcome back to the Face First Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alicia Rissling. And I'm Grace Dafo. <laughs> and today we are absolutely privileged to be joined by Haley Daniels, fresh off the flight back from Tokyo at her hello, first hello. Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Haley, we know you're exhausted. We know that there's a limit. You're probably still jet lagged. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Absolutely. Close uh, to my heart, so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and and fun fact, first of all, Haley is also a kid sport ambassador and dear friend of ours, so we are so happy to Represent. finally yeah. get to chat <laughs> with her. Yeah, it's been a long time. You've uh, you've been traveling a lot, obviously leading into Tokyo, and um, we've been watching from afar. So to finally be in the same room as well is yeah. is very very awesome um we've been recording mostly on zoom as well with like our guests so i'm like yeah. oh my god you're not in a screen <laughs> in real life rl yeah. yeah so Haley, just as you said came back from tokyo 2020 um you're in the canoe slalom event correct um you're multi-time canadian champion you won bronze in the tw- toronto 2015 pan american games gold at the 2018 pan american championships and you've competed in world cups world championships all that jazz um you're a bit part of like Olympic history and it's like your event has never in the female side has never been in the Olympics and this was the first one. So we obviously want to touch on that as well a little bit once we get into it, but yeah. Why don't we just start from the very beginning? Talk about the sports that you played growing up and how did you get into canoe slalom? Well, I was one of those kids that was always getting kicked out of class um, and honestly getting into trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sport really grounded me and kind of gave me an outlet to channel my energy. Um, I have a very outdoorsy family, so we were always canoeing and kayaking and um, skiing and doing things in the mountains. So I went to a kayak camp, and then after kayak camp, there was like, this invitation to go to nationals and in our sport nationals is like not a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's like quite chill. Um, and so I went and, um, I had no friends. I actually cried the whole time. (laughs) How old have you um, been? I was, um, now this is, um, embarrassing. I was 13. Uh, (laughs) cried the whole time when I was 13. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was upset because I knew no one, but, um, my parents kept on taking me to the river and I kept on going and, I eventually fell in love with it, and mm-hmm. so then it just um, it became natural to to start getting into canoe slalom. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I guess the next question, Grace and I need some clarification on because now watching mm-hmm. this at the Olympics, there's canoe, there's kayak, 
some people are kneeling, some people are in the boat, you're going down a race course. Could you maybe just talk a little bit, differentiate between the different paddling sports? Yeah, I'll give you the down low. So um, canoe slalom, also known as whitewater canoeing or kayaking. Mm-hmm. Um, we go down gates and there's two sets of gates. There's green gates and red gates. So mm-hmm. the green gates you go down, the red gates you go up. Um, if you touch a, sa- a gate, it's a two second penalty. And if you miss a gate, which unfortunately... I had some times that I missed a gate this year, mm-hmm. some impactful ones. Um, it's a 50-second penalty. Okay. And um, there's anywhere from 18 to 25 gates on a course. And generally, you get two runs to try it out. But you've never actually done that course before. You just get to see it from the side. And then you can practice the, the waves or the, the holes. But you haven't actually practiced that full start-to-end course before. Yeah. Okay, so kind of similar to like I think of alpine skiing when they when they set a course and you can like inspect it, but you can't really do it until exactly okay. interesting. Yeah. See, I didn't I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. We were also wondering. So watching the men's event, they have two paddles on each side, but you only have one. Oh yeah, I forgot to talk about the boats and, <laughs> okay. the, and the yeah, it's all good. I know there's so much going on in our sport. That's that's something I love about it. It's it's a rush, but there's there's a lot to it. So um, I compete in women's canoe where you're kneeling and you have a single blade and I actually have straps that go over my knees. Um, and then men's canoe that's is the exact same. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, men's canoe, they typically don't switch sides. They are they do a thing called an offside. So you stay on one side, but you do a crossbow draw or crossbow stroke. Okay. Um, but the girls are starting this trend, which is really cool, of switching. And now the guys are starting to catch on, um, which we're really, we're really stoked about. Um, and then kayaking, you're sitting on your bum mm-hmm. and you have two blades. And um, the boats are generally formed in the same way, except um, we just have lighter bows because our legs are under us versus in front of us. Yeah. So, okay, so when you're, you're on your knees and you're, you're strapped in the back, and, but the difference between that and then the ones that are on the, the, like the longer courses, like the 200 meters, not, not the gated ones, mm-hmm. so then they're only on one knee and then they stand with their front foot on correct yeah so the sprint and flat water kayakers and canoers um they are balancing so it's actually if you watch a a canoeist you'll notice that they're always having their paddle in the water and kind of wobbling because if they stop having speed on their boat they'll likely fall in okay um (laughs) where our our boats are built to have crazy edging and flip over and be able to flip back up and um we have a spray skirt so we don't have water that comes in yeah yeah it's Mm -hmm. underneath okay that's See, and I had no idea you were kneeling. It looks like you're you're sitting yeah. when you're going, but I don't. and See? I'm kneeling very low. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I have one of the lower seats um, of people in my category, um, but that's just because I'm very flexible and that's how I like to do it. So, Ooh, yeah, that's awesome. We were very impressed. We were just chatting yeah. prior to this. Is like how insane, like. I didn't think I realized how insanely strong you have to be to like paddle up current. Mm-hmm. We were sitting there watching. You guys have. Yeah. It's mesmerizing. Yeah. Um, we learned a lot and I was watching. Well, thank it. you for watching our sport. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's one of those things. Not as many people watch our sport until it happens in the Olympics. So we were really excited that yeah. we're getting some visibility. Okay. Yeah. And just on this note, when you go under the water and you like dunk your head back, is that horrifying or is it actually like, a, a tactic to like I train for it yeah. yeah so so we ca- I call that head ducking okay um and it's risky because you can get a 50 second penalty like that but okay. yeah it's it's definitely something I train for more on flat water so we'll have gates hanging on flat water and then mm-hmm. I'll practice that and then put that practice to the white water which 
sometimes pays off, sometimes doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends on the water. Depends on the water. Yeah. And then, so was the water in Tokyo, was it, was it fast? What, what, what kind of course was it compared to... Uh, did it play to your strengths or weaknesses or what do you think? Yeah, the course in Tokyo, I actually really liked it. Okay. It was, um, I think one of the hardest parts about it was that it was chlorine and I have contacts. Oh. Um, so I'm not normally in chlorinated water. So I kept on getting water splashed in my eyes and like couldn't see anything. Oh. So I actually had to like work with my sports psych before yeah. <laughs> the race being like, if I get water splashed in my eyes, just know that I can still race with being able to be half blind um Um, all of the elements right so Mm -hmm. but it um it it was a great course um and I and I do really like it but um they set a really difficult course Mm -hmm. and the place that I made a mistake in the course was the place that I was worried about um and that's sometimes how it always goes but Mm. um I'm I'm learning from that and I'm hopefully gonna grow from it um but yeah it was um I think I think it's the trend of our courses is that they're getting a lot smaller but a lot more technical mm. um, where like if we look at the course in London or Rio they were really big mm-hmm. but not as technical okay so um, it just means you have to be more delicate and agile with your your movement yeah well one thing that Grace and I were talking about before about the Olympics is like win or lose we're just so proud of our Canadian athletes and like what we as Canadians had to go through to qualify for these for games right now and and the adversity that like particularly lockdowns and stuff that we had going on and quarantine rules it just made it so much harder I mean I know you had probably one of the most difficult um, journeys of getting there so why don't we start by talking about that Start from the beginning. I don't. Yeah. yeah okay. Because so I know it's a long story, <laughs> and there's a lot of aspects to it. Yeah, um, I say that with uh, an exhale of admiration. I mean, I'm I'm so grateful to be here, and I mm-hmm. and I am um, I'm so grateful that it's all come to uh, a head. But yeah, none of this has come with it being easy. It's been a lot of struggle, mm-hmm. a lot of adversity. Um, so. For those of you that don't know, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) I'm speaking to you. Uh, So our sport, women's canoeing, the men have been in the Olympics and the women have not. So uh, myself and a group of female canoeists across the world, uh, we band together and we fought for gender equality. And um, we wanted it to be in the London Games. We wanted it to be in the Rio Games. But unfortunately, the people that were making major decisions about our futures did not see that there was a a need for gender equality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to continue to advocate, continue to fight. And uh, Tokyo 2020, now 2021, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is the first time that we were in the Olympics. So um, I guess for me, I'm, ex- I'm extremely proud to be a part of that legacy. But as you said, the moments leading into that and everything that I've had to do to get here um, has been tolling. There's a, there's a burden in being a pioneer. Um, And that's um, something that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. And and I I look up to so many people that have paved this path and legacy for where I am because I know exactly what goes into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So things like when our sport wasn't Olympic, we had zero funding. Um, So I had to definitely... (laughs) <laughs> tried uh, self-fund um yeah. uh, but I figured out a way and um I we weren't respected on the water we didn't have coaches that wanted to support us um 
And I mean, even, um, and then the setback of the pandemic, (laughs) that was, uh, extremely difficult. Um, so it it was just a constant reassessment of, um, coming back to my why and why do I do this? And I do it because I love it. And, um, I think the sweetest thing is knowing that there's other girls who look up to, to what we're doing and that they can find their dreams through that. So that's pretty cool. Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, I think everyone is looking up, not just young girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone is. <laughs> yeah, thank um, you. It, it was truly incredible to watch, but I want you to share a little bit, I guess, like how your team and, and how you guys really, like, you know, your Canada was locked down for a better part of the year, and mm-hmm. this is a common theme we're talking about among Alicia and I have had extensive conversations about the quarantine rules on our podcast before, mm. but um, kind of some of the barriers, like where you had to train, especially we live in a winter country, eventually water becomes not <laughs> not running. It freezes. Um, yeah. It freezes, and yeah. kind of how like you had to get in your competitions and, and qualify for Tokyo. So if you could share a little bit about that, that would be great. It'll be a two-part, two-part to answer that question. So um, when the pandemic first happened, I had just gotten home from New Zealand and Australia from our second Olympic qualifications. Um, and I was supposed to get on a plane two weeks later to our final Olympic qualifications in Rio. Um, and I had just won that Olympic qualification, so I was on a high, and I was really excited to head to that final stage. Um, and then we all know what happened. We all were grounded, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest is history from there. Um, and I had no idea when our Olympic qualifications were, would be yet, or even if the Olympics were going to happen. Um, there, and so the series of events, um, obviously the Olympics were now can or not canceled, but, um, postponed and we had to figure out how to thrive in winter <laughs> in a summer sport. So, um, I bought a home gym as soon as this happened before everyone, everyone had the craze. I went to Canadian Tire and I bought a bunch of random weights and spent like $300, but it's like the best investment I've ever made. Um, and we jumped on ho- uh, Google Hangouts for our gyms. And then um, when it got cold, we went to Chilliwack, BC and trained there from October to December. Okay, but like it's still BC. So like <laughs> Yeah, like I couldn't feel cold. my fingers for like most of my training sessions. That honestly I have done a lot in my career, but those training days built grit. No. Like, yeah. There was moments where I like couldn't feel my toes, couldn't feel my fingers, and I would get off the water and have to go in a hot shower to defrost my life jacket. No kidding. <laughs> because oh it wouldn't come off. So. And you can't wear a dry suit, I'm guessing. Hey? You can, but it's my boat is so tightly, like I, I mold Fitted it um, yeah. through foam, and I can't fit in my boat with a dry suit unless I reshape the foam and... And then you got to get another foam. Yeah. yeah, Okay. Yeah. So then that happened. And then we were like, you know what? This is training, but that isn't the best training. Yeah. So, um, we decided to go to Europe Mm -hmm. and, um, we had to get visas to go. Uh, it was a time when Europe wasn't accepting Canadians. So we all had to get January. January. Um, and we left not knowing when we were going to come home and not knowing where Olympic qualifications were going to be. And, uh, I packed way too much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I look at it back, I don't know, and I'm still unpacking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was... Um, Where in Europe did you start? Uh, we started in France, and we stayed for a good chunk of time in France, so in the Pyrenees Mountains in Po, And then uh, we went to 
uh, Paris, actually on the 2024 Olympic course. Okay. And then, um, and then we finally found out that our Olympic qualifications were going to be in Krakow, Poland. And keep in mind, this wasn't like a Europe trip like normal. This was um, in France. They had a, a curfew. curfew at 6 p.m. Yeah. And we had 6 to be 6 p.m. Oh, my goodness. Um, and we had to be in an extremely tight bubble um, of just our team. And then I was also traveling with my teammate who I was competing with the Olympic spot for and this mm-hmm. extremely tight bubble. So, um, even if we were going to go relax together, I wasn't relaxed yeah. because we're competing for everything, like how we eat, how we sleep, yeah. <laughs> how wow. we interact with each other, playing card games. My whoop was telling me I was doing an activity because I was so competitive. Oh um, so, and I'm not actually that competitive of a person, but it just came out in, in the nature of, how we were situation for sure it would. so wow. so then we finally got to our olympic qualifications and they were in krakow poland and we found out two weeks before um that they were going to be there so we packed up all our stuff in paris drove to krakow got there um it's not a short drive and either. then the river flooded so we couldn't <laughs> paddle um so we were like wondering if the race was even going to happen and then miraculously in two days it came down and then we were we had you know, a couple days of training and then the race happened. And I think I got to this point where I was, I've been doing this for so long that I was at peace with making it. And I was at peace with not making it because I was, I was just needed an answer. I needed an answer and I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was exhausted heading into my Olympic trials. I never envisioned that, but I was, Mm -hmm. um, and then it came out my way, which I was really excited. Um, and I had, the run of my life and um I was on this high like you just have all these people messaging you and um I mean I didn't sleep that night because I was so excited like it was the most exhilarating feeling I've ever had because I finally did it like I danced in my room alone but that was the crazy part I couldn't even celebrate it with anyone I had to go to my like I after my run I went sat in my hotel room alone and I was like I did it I did it I did it and I was like and I'm celebrating alone. <laughs> like yeah. it was, it was a hard thing. Um, and I went on this high and then we went straight into the world cups, um, which were right after in Europe. And then right from the world cups, we went to Tokyo. Um, so I feel like I never really had a chance to recover or breathe. Um, and now I'm starting to do that. And I, it's hard because I wish I would have had more chance to recover before the Olympics and taking it all in. So just mm-hmm. just to put this in perspective, everyone, she left in January, and it is now like August, halfway August. through yeah. our August, yeah. and and you're just getting home now. So just the sacrifices that you had to do, doing that all alone, you no know, support system, family, friends. Like, yes, we're all thankful for Zoom, but sometimes you just need a hug from your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So very admirable that. I mean, you did it. You really did. In the middle of it, I was like, whoa, we're still long. And I I even actually at Olympic trials, I was like, man, I really want to qualify for the Olympics, but I equally want to go, like, I want to go home. It wears on you, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, That's, uh, I mean, the video, if if you're listening, obviously, you should go check out your Instagram and the video you posted where you're like, I'm going to the Olympics. I was, like, bawling my eyes. I showed up and we were, like, yeah, bawling (laughs) our eyes out. And I was like, she did it. Like, I woke up and it was, like, the first thing I saw on my social media. And I was just so stoked. And um, I remember, I think you were in um, at Coalition getting Cairo. Mm -hmm. And I had 
I was in right after you. I saw your car and I like took a photo and I was like, hi, like I didn't actually <laughs> see you. And you had said, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be home. And I just said like, wow, like that's, that's going to be really hard. Well, we found but, like, out two weeks you. before, Ugh. two weeks before, not even actually seven days before that we were leaving for seven months. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> pack your bags. We don't know when you're coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh it my. happens. It was, literally, it happens way too much. But yeah. <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's not it just your sport. Too much, really. I know it's it's, um, it's unfortunately a trend. Yeah. Well, let's let's. Oh, I mean, what a journey and, and an incredible feat just to get there. But let's let's switch to Tokyo. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys, you had to go. There's this pandemic. There's no fans. It's just it's a it's a different experience. Did you get to walk in open ceremonies? I was one of the 30 that got to walk in the opening ceremony. So I feel really grateful that at least I had that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So walk us through that day. What was it like? Um, Well, we went to training in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd moved into the village the day before. Um, We had actually, we were, we had a bubble training camp, a pregame training camp Mm -hmm. um, before we moved into the village. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's, it's COVID time. So um, we're wearing masks. Um, We were changing masks frequently because this, um, we were with a lot of different teams mm-hmm. um, walking in, and our chef de mission, uh, Marnie McBean, kept on saying, okay, guys, so if you've ever been to an opening ceremonies, you'll know, but if you haven't, here's what's up. You're going to be excited for three hours, and you're going to hurry up and wait. <laughs> and that's, that's basically what it was. You get excited getting on the bus, mm-hmm. and all the Japanese fans are, well, the people of Japan are absolutely amazing, and they were waving us the whole way there, and Um, we weren't allowed to go into the city at all. Mm -hmm. So that was like our first time touring the city since we'd been to Japan at that time. And so it was really cool. Like we got to see like the Eiffel Tower or the the Japanese Eiffel Tower and the um, things like that. And um, it was nice to get to know other athletes and talk to them. And then walking into the stadium, I had no idea where to look because um, the last opening ceremonies I was at was the Pan American Games in Toronto 2015. And um, there was 50,000 Canadians that were stoked <laughs> to, yeah. to cheer for us. So it was a very different experience because you know that millions of people are watching across the world, but you don't really feel that energy. Mm-hmm. So you had to kind of hype yourself up. And, um, and then we didn't stay because um, it's 35 degrees and you're in like a sweatsuit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically, that's what the gear was like. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got hopped on a bus and went home. Um, and so you just did one march around and turn around. Yeah, back, and then we watched We watched um, it on the bus on the way home. And um, by the time we got home, we went to the food hall to get food. And it was there was, they had just finished marching the nations in. Okay. So, you know, there's quite a few countries out there. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I, I was an amazing experience and it's, it's funny. I thought I'd cry. I thought I'd be like really emotional, but I mean, I've cried every day for like four months, but yeah. <laughs> happy tears. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think I was just more like, it was surreal. Like, okay, we're here. This is happening. But I always thought that I would feel like I'm walking among giants, but I kind of felt like I was, I earned my right to be there. So it was kind of cool. Which you absolutely did. I remember from my opening ceremonies, it was minus 35. Okay, total opposite. Um, <laughs> so we were wearing, but we were wearing so many layers. I wore three jackets, because, <laughs> but we were in this holding pen before we were allowed to go in. And mm-hmm. we were, ended up being in there for like two hours because in the Korean alphabet, Canada starts with a K. Mm-hmm. So we were like way lower back. Yeah. And uh, I like the sweat, like all of us were looking at each other and we're like, 
I am so sweaty right now. <laughs> and it was just so disgusting. <laughs> like you could feel it like dripping down your back. So a little well, bit we different. were the same. Yeah. It's, the sweat was there. The sweat was yeah. there, but yeah, just a, <laughs> a different swing on the thing. Yeah. Um, food halls. Food halls, yeah. What was that like? How exciting are food halls? That was my favorite um, part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the village is... is um, I actually took two days off when we got to the village yeah. um, as soon as we got there after the opening ceremonies because I knew I was going to be completely overstimulated and exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to take it in. Um, so, um, yeah, the food hall. Okay, so, again, there's a little bit of COVID sting in there. So mm-hmm. um, there's these huge plexiglass things separating everybody and they were so thick that you could not talk to the person opposite of you so it was extremely loud because everyone's yelling at each other (laughs) because you can't hear um so it was like sorry what and and it was a shame too because usually um you know you'd sit with other people from uh your country and you get to know other people but you just didn't want to Mm -hmm. because it was such a pain um and when you went to go get your food, you put on plastic gloves every single time. Um, and then you were wearing a mask until the moment you sat down. Um, the food was awesome, though. I mean, if you like Japanese food and, and food of the world, it was amazing. They had vegan sushi, and I'm a vegan, so it was oh, super okay. cool. They had an entire vegan station. Oh, um, wow. And it was, I mean, like, vegan roti was so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and vegan ice cream and all of those things. Ooh. So. I definitely ate something different every night. Um, and seeing the other athletes, so cool. Like, I remember seeing this guy sit at the table, and his legs were over the table. And I was like, who? Like, that guy's huge. And then someone's like, yeah, that's Yao Ming. And I was like, okay, he's actually, like, one of the tallest people in the world. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, and, like, seeing, like, I just watched Naomi Osaka's documentary on Netflix, and then I sat at the same table as her, and I was, like, oh so fangirling. And, and then Novak Djokovic yeah. and, um, like, Tony Hawk was there. Like, it was cool. So um, seeing all these big-time athletes, and I wanted to take pictures, but... I was too scared to ask. And I think also, like, I had some humility. Like, um, we're all just people that need to eat and sleep. And that's what the village is, is a place for us to just eat and sleep. And um, it's exhausting because the minute you go out of there, people want pictures and a piece of you. And I think I wanted to give them that space. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that I agree. Like, we've talked a lot about how athletes are humans first and all this stuff and it's kind of like you're like this is what I want so Mm -hmm. I'm going to like have the same respect for you and you'll always have the memories too absolutely I took some creepy fangirl pictures but I won't (laughs) post them (laughs) (laughs) through the plexiglass yeah (laughs) I remember I did the same thing too there were so many um like Silje Nordell is a snowboarder and I remember seeing Mm -hmm. her at first and I was like (gasps) oh my god like I want to take a picture with her so bad and and like just lost Sean White and Lindsay Vaughn and Mm. I ended up being at a party with her and Mm -hmm. like all these people that I was like oh I want to like you know like for the memories I'm like I always have these memories like just be here be in Mm -hmm. the moment take it all in I'll remember this for the rest of my life I mean at least you're allowed to party (laughs) that is true (laughs) yeah we we had to fly out within 48 hours of our competition the Olympics happened ended yesterday I would have still been there yeah yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things we're going to remember it no matter what so Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So what what day did you end up competing on? The 28th of 
July. July. Yeah. What, <laughs> what month yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. even know where she is right now. What's the name yeah. of it? What, um, sorry, which day of the Olympics is that? Oh, was um, like the first we week, were week? the first week. Mm-hmm. And I would say we were like, our event actually started on the third day of the Olympics. But mm-hmm. um, my competition was actually a little bit tricky because, um, so the kayak women and the C1 men, mm-hmm. um, canoe men, they started... Um, on the third day and then we had six days off of whitewater that we just had to watch before we even started competing so they they went through their heats semis and finals and medals Mm -hmm. and then and then it was us and then you started and then the k1 men and the c1 woman oh so they just like interchanged you guys yeah exactly yeah so it was good because we got to watch the course but um you know, you're going through all these emotions and you're watching people win medals. And, and our, our communities, we're very tight-knit mm-hmm. canoe slalom athletes. So it's like, you know, you're, whoever's you know on the podium, your friend's on the podium and for you're sure. so stoked for them, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, or devastated yeah. also. Yeah. And I'm guessing you weren't allowed to go to other events. Nope. No, we were not. Yeah. So we were watching. It was funny. Like, I'm sitting with um, the volleyball girls in the food court and they have a game that night and I have nothing to do, but I can't go see them. So yeah. things like that. Yeah. yeah, too bad. So uh, talking a little bit about managing emotions, when you did you get to go to the course when those guys were competing before you? I did, yeah. And then so would you just be watching from the sideline? Do you watch screens? Like is there anything that you would use as a – what was going through your head when you're watching these guys? I did a little bit of both. Um, so I did the first day I came and watched the heat stay, mm-hmm. um, and then – 35 degrees plus humidity was about 45. So I wore a cooling vest. I actually jumped in the water in, and then would put my cooling vest on and chill on the side of the river because it was so hot. It was the only way you could manage heat. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just watched from different angles. Um, and then I went home. Um, and I actually didn't stay for the K1 woman or the canoe men's medal ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And that was hard because I want to be there mm-hmm. for those moments, but I, it was just too hot and... Um, I was so tired, as I mentioned before, that um, I watched it from the Olympic Village on my VPN CBC because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hear the commenta- commentary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, although that's another thing about the village is whenever you get the co- the feed, it has no commentary on it. Yeah, it's just the general feed, and it goes to each country, and each country has to put the commentary onto it. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I remember doing that. Um, See, these are all things that I like. I'm learning so much mm-hmm, just hearing yeah. trade stories back and forth of what of what really happens behind the scenes. And soak that up, Grace. <laughs> like honestly, like I wish I would have known more because I feel like um, even like the village. Like I wish I would have like prepared myself for how overstimulating that is. Like I spent an hour and a half a day walking to and from the food hall, mm-hmm. and I was exhausted. <laughs> I, I, I would was, have brought a skateboard. <laughs> yeah, some people did. And, yeah, um, it's a smart thing to do. No, actually, <laughs> I would. I bikes. recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. So I was. I was very privileged that I got to go with Heather Moyes, and like one of the reasons we we discussed her being my teammate when we went is because my whole team was Olympic rookies except for one, and the one that was was not a leader. Um, and uh, she she prepared me for everything Mm -hmm. like she told me she's like this I didn't compete until week two and I I didn't start until day 12 I think Mm -hmm. so she's like we can go to all the events you want for three days like after opening ceremonies we got nothing to do we're gonna go to all the events because I was same as you I didn't get on the ice for for the 12 days Mm -hmm. and uh uh and then after that we're shutting it down because we have to manage our emotional energy and we have to so we can sit at home in our pjs 
Um, and also I didn't compete till nine o'clock at night and yeah. I take caffeine when I, right. when I compete. So we stayed up every night until three o'clock in the yeah, morning. Changing your sleep schedule. Noon. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, there's a lot of things you, that are out of the norm, mm-hmm. right. And it's, um, you can't really prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of things I would do differently now that I've been there, but, um, yeah, yeah <laughs> there's just so sure. much. It's just completely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think like I even, there was a couple days before that I didn't even watch. I actually like went home and watched Netflix, which is probably great. And my teammates were like Olympic addicts. Yeah. Like they watched everything and I could hear them in the other room and I would put my earphones in and I couldn't do it because I needed time to chill. So, so yeah. Next question. You're in Canada house and yeah. you're probably, I'm guessing you're probably sharing a room with someone. Um, yeah, so we had our teammates. Um, so there's four of us, Mm -hmm. um, and the other guys are from Ottawa. And, um, then we had one other roommate, Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually crazy because we didn't think we were going to have a roommate. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, at night we hear this rustling and someone comes in, it's the woman skateboarder. She's like, Oh my gosh, I'm here. I'm so excited. And we're like, Hey Annie, what's up? We meet her. And she's like, I, I didn't even qualify for the Olympics, but then someone got COVID, and they called me like two days ago, and I'm here. I, I'm now at the Olympics. She came in, and then the next day she flew out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so crazy. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we were, we were discuss- we've been discussing some of our new favorite events since the skateboarding was up there. Absolutely with- cool. So that's so cool to hear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did hear that story that. She found out 72 hours before she her competition. Yeah, yeah, and we thought that that was going to be our yoga room, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was Annie's room, right? So. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's all right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. So you do your competition. I can't even imagine the emotions you go through. And Do you want to talk about it? We can skip it. Uh, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to share. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about it. Talk about your game day. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I wasn't nervous the day before. But I kept on, I kept on thinking of my teammate um, who had competed in kayak women, and I was like, "Man, I have, I'm so envious that you're done because <laughs> yeah. I just keep on thinking about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to be." And um, I, yeah, the bus ride to the course, my heart was jumping out of my chest. I was so nervous, um, and I was so rigid. And then I got to the course, and I felt really at ease because it's. I think when you are an athlete, like that's where you spend all your time. It's like your, it's your home, it's your church, right? So um, I felt really calm when I got there, and um, I, I wrote out my routine in a journal, and I had everything, like, dialed. So I went and walked the course with my coach, um, which you guys are familiar with, you know, and then um, got on the water um, and just did a warm-up on the flat water, and then we had to do some heat management strategies, so um, planning when we'd put the cooling vest on, planning when we'd put the cooling towel on. So actually, we take a conveyor belt up to the top of the river, um, and you go basically like 10 minutes before your run. And my coach came on the conveyor belts and was like taking the cooling vest off and pouring water all over me. And like then we were just like calm, and I did some breathing. Breathing's a really big part of my my game day and yeah I was at the start line and um I looked out and and I um some someone you guys know Amy Amy told me um this thing before Olympic trials and she said it to me before um my race in uh Tokyo and she said just remember to be free and smile because you like you've worked hard and you earned this and it's totally what I felt I felt free at the start line and yeah I smiled and I like let my shoulders down and I knew no matter what 
the minute I crossed the start line, we were making history. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, yeah, I was, I was the fourth, fourth woman to ever cross the start line for women's canoeing, which is pretty cool. So, um, went down my first round was, I was, I was nervous. Um, and I, I flipped twice, uh, which is not that common in a race, but it happened. Um, and I got all the gates ironically, but, um, I was like, okay, we got to get back on the horse for the second run. Not a lot of time in between runs. So it's kind of like you can go chill, review video, and then, um, be in air conditioning for like a hot second mm-hmm. and then get back out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my second run, I was, I was calm. I was ready. But as I said, um, the, the spot that I had worried about in my head was the spot I made a mistake. Um, and my, my coach back home here, um, he's the person I am today because of how he coached me. And I wish he could have been there with me, but that's a whole other story. Accreditations and getting people in the village is a nightmare. Um, or even into your venue. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wish Mike was there with me. So we did course walk by phone, but, um, he, uh, he said to me, no matter what happens, you fight to the end. Um, even if you make a mistake, like don't snit, like remember, like you need to fight no matter what. So, um, I made a mistake and, um, I replayed this moment in my head like a million times. Um, and I could have just done a quick spin, but I didn't. And I was stuck to a race plan, but my race plan meant that, um, I was a little bit too far to the right and I missed a gate. Um, so I quickly just bounced back and, I had an awesome top and an awesome bottom, and I'm proud of that. And, uh, yeah, at the bottom, um, I remember watching all of the other racers go down um, from the other categories, from K1 K1 women and canoe men, and they were all, like, devastated at the bottom or or happy. But there was, like, I remember seeing it through the camera and going, like, that picture is going to be projected to every person who's ever supported me. so I had planned this in my, my race run. I was like, I'm, I want to give a heart and let everyone know that like, it means a lot. <laughs> I'm getting emotional talking about it, but, um, it means a lot that they're there for me. So, um, yeah, it was really, really, cause it was important for me to say thank you. And, um, after I finished, I, I hugged my coach and I was upset. Um, but, uh, the amount of messages I got, I haven't even responded to them. So I'm so sorry, but, <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's like thousands of messages. <laughs> like it's insane, but people that, um, I don't even know that messaged me and just said, I like, they were like, I mean, you didn't win a medal, but like you won our hearts from trying so hard. So yeah, that's, that's the race day. <laughs> yeah. I will, I will say like, um, thank you for sharing that moment. I will, as someone who's watching, it conveyed, I was sitting in my bed. It was like after 11, at least I was like in complete darkness sitting in my bed watching. And it conveyed like exactly right to like, you know, for this little screen, I was like, it was so it like, it hit me. Like you were talking directly to me. So mm-hmm. I hope it went that way for everyone else. And <laughs> yeah. I'm sure lots of other people. And as you said, that's, they replayed that moment on CBC quite a few times the next day. Um, but like, we're so proud of you and thank you for being so open. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm getting emotional too. <laughs> yeah, I'm like to. looking at you. I'm like, Oh yeah. my God. But like it, it touched my heart when, when he saw that. And I was actually at coalition earlier that day, um, 
at the gym, which is connected to the mm-hmm. Cairo, and Amy was wearing her Together to Tokyo <laughs> shirt, yeah. and I walked by, I'm like, what time is it tonight? And she, like, was telling me what time it is and stuff like that, so it was, like, so awesome to see, um, like, yeah. just we were here and like she was so excited and oh, like telling and Amy's us such a she's, <laughs> I mean she's such a big part of who I am like um also like shout out to Amy like Amy McKinnon yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're searching <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah like she she saw that I was fatiguing like two years out and she was like okay like Haley, like you don't have to ask me like I'm gonna be your IST lead and I'm gonna take this on and like like who are your people I'm gonna reach out to them and like she she was such a warrior for me so yeah Got good people in your corner, that's for sure, oh, and a lot of people are Amazing people, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, do you want to shift to talk a little bit about kids sport? Yeah. So you're a kids yeah. sport ambassador. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess, like, how you got in, how'd you get involved with kids sport and, and why? Oh, yeah, I mean, I look at the role models that I've had um, throughout sport, and I think that I wanted to be that, and so... Um, yeah, I just reached out cold call, um, and was like, I'd love to be a part of what kids sport does, um, to help kids realize their dreams. Um, so that's kind of where I got into it and, oh, it's just been such a pleasure, um, working with the entire team. Thank you so much kids sport. (laughs) Like, I mean, what you do, you really like, you are the direct impact, um, of the entry for kids getting into sport. Right. So, um, there's not a lot of that, and I think, like, um, especially I feel grateful because I had a family that allowed me to do sport, but um, I grew up with a lot of people who didn't have that same opportunity, and I know that they would have been grateful for that. So that's exactly what they're doing. You're doing. We're doing. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and we've, we've had a lot of guests on our podcast that we've heard the direct impact that kids sport is, ha- is having in the community, and it's always... It still blows my tra- it, brain It blows our time. mind all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the events are awesome, which we're going to get to in a second, mm-hmm. but um, when you get to hear firsthand from people, it gives you all the feels. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, that's our favorite question to ask our kids sport ambassador guests, is what is your favorite kids sport event? It's, it's funny as a kid sport ambassador because I think a lot of our role is actually um, fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are, people just love hanging out with Olympians, Olympic hopefuls, <laughs> national team athletes. And um, I think it's because we, we have a, we tick a little different, right? Um, so um, yeah, I think my favorite event um, Although I'm a vegan, I love the pizza pig out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were lots of vegan options. There last, was, last yeah, year. yeah, yeah. I haven't, I didn't get to go last year, unfortunately. I was well, we didn't have yet. it. We made it yeah, a virtual true. one, right? Yeah. We oh, made- you know what I did? I totally ordered a pizza. I remember that. <laughs> I had my, I had my roommates. Um, we all tested it out, and um, yeah. But I think uh, that and um, the human bond spiel. Ooh, I yeah. forgot about that. That one. is a good one. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. That one doesn't come out very often. Mm. Kudos to you for yeah. bringing it up. <laughs> I'm always away when it happens, yeah. so I feel like it like for the winter athletes, the winter events don't exist in our realm because oh, we're true. we're out of town. Yeah, yeah. So. and the year I got to do it was the year I took off of the competition, so yeah. I had to get to do it. That yeah, you got to do all the exactly. events. Yeah. Yeah, that's good a, answer. That's yeah. the first time this one has come, yeah, that one has come up. So um, we did eat pizza with Eric Francis. It was like our second or third episode yeah. and talked about pizza pig out. So that was like our mini version of it this yeah. year. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And one more thing I want to talk about, because uh, you've talked so much about people who have supported you in your life. And there was a pretty cool story that came out of the Olympics this year with Team Canada soccer women winning gold and having the first openly trans athlete on the team. And I think non-binary, non-binary. Yeah. Proper terms. we got to get those down. Yeah. It's all good. Non-binary <laughs> trans. Thank yeah. you. Um, and Quinn. So, uh, you, I'm going to guess you watched that because... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. So amazing. And maybe just talk a little, a little bit why that means so much to you. Uh, so, for those of you that don't know, um, my dad has come out as a transgender woman, um, and she's also a judge at the Olympics. So she went to Rio 2016 as Duncan, and she went to Tokyo 2020 as Kimberly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pandemic actually gave us this really unique opportunity to um, help my dad live her authentic self. And um, it's been absolutely amazing watching my dad be able to be the person that she is. But um, going through a transition is not easy by any means. Um, it's... Uh, it, it not only affects the person that's transitioning, it also affects um, the people who are a part of the transition. No so, um, especially immediate family members. I think it was really cool to to be able to share the story together and um, give each other the opportunity to to support my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she actually um, we didn't even know uh, it was through doing a bunch of media and. Um, just sharing it authentically we found out that she's the first open transgender judge to ever be at the olympics okay. so um and you know it's crazy i so this is something that i learned the other day mm-hmm. the word history is based off of his story mm. so we're making history <laughs> and that's why i've been saying that so um my dad made history and, and we made history and it was um yeah it was it was really really unique and um I know she's really excited to, to share and, and be a role model for other people. So, yeah. yeah. And okay. So I just realized your, your dad was there then. So, yeah. So it was really unique. That's, and that's why it was such a big story because yeah. there was no fans, no one in the stands. And I got to have my dad on the side of the river with me and we got to break down barriers together. Oh, that's, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. It was you cool. guys together made her story. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Thank you. I, Thank you for sharing so much and so openly, um, you know, about about the journey and, and what it took to get there. And also fresh off, we know you're exhausted right now, so fresh <laughs> off of um, that jet lag and exhaustion that the last really couple of years has brought you. So um, yeah, such a say, the whole it's yeah, been a long, it's been a long. It hasn't just been eight months. It's twelve months, twelve years, twelve years, not twelve months. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay, been twelve yeah. years. Um, long time coming yeah. for you know like. 120 seconds but (laughs) but made history so thank Mm -hmm. you for joining us and thank you for all you've done for kids sport as well and we're so stoked and there's more to come there is more to come come. (laughs) take a much needed break yeah thank you you can act do what makes you happy and thank you to both of you for (laughs) for uh highlighting kids sport i'm really really happy about it okay thanks for coming Hales. thanks (laughs) thanks for tuning in to the face first podcast